Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. I'm excited for the next 45 minutes. I'm excited for the whole rest of the show, of course, but the next 45 minutes in particular, we're going to be talking about something that I never thought could fill 45 minutes of talk radio. Uh, But producer Amy and I and Gustavo and the whole team this morning, we're going back and forth, and uh, there's some exciting and interesting stuff here. And, believe it or not, some history. History to what? Political yard signs. Political yard signs. Yeah. Uh, do, do you do you have signs in your yard yourself? Do you pay attention to them as you drive around the neighborhoods or up and down I-15 or 80 or 215 or wherever it is you find yourself commuting? Have they ever swayed your vote? Have you ever been so inundated by a sign or have you ever been so moved by a sign uh, that you, you say to yourself, oh, you know what? That, 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 that's it. That's the sign. Or maybe it's not that simple. Maybe it is uh, that the objective of the sign is to create an impression on your mind. Uh, name recognition. Uh, you see name, 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 name when you get home and you're starting to uh, you know, make your educated uh, decision as a voter. Uh, you remember that name. You Google them. You find, oh, my gosh, that person there uh, shares uh, with me some, uh, some ideals. How does it work? How does it work for you? I'll tell you in just a moment why uh, political yard signs have jumped to mind. But let me tell you first that in Prescott, Arizona, just now, uh, President Trump is delivering uh, you know, one of those campaign rallies that he does at the airport there. Uh, he's doing so there in Arizona. And just moments ago, not sure what she said. I have the TV on mute. But what I just saw was uh, President Trump introduced uh, his press secretary, Kayleigh McEnany, who last we knew was battling the, the coronavirus. Not sure how the, the timeline has transpired, but whatever the case may be, she uh, healthy enough to appear at this campaign event here and just took to the microphone for a few moments. So, uh, you know, regardless of politics, good to see her uh, out and about, hopefully covid free. Interesting little observation. We'll see if uh, it is long before she is back in the uh, the press briefing room uh, just outside the White House. Anyway, uh, back to political yard signs. Sorry for that tangent. That's what happens when you have TVs all surrounding you. It's easily uh, you are easily distracted by the the squirrels or the campaign rallies. Anyway, people stealing signs. It turns out it's a pretty common occurrence, uh, and in particular in Cache County. Uh, Logan City Police Department recently posted a statement uh, which reads, Notice, we have seen an increase lately in theft of political signs, flags, and other items from yards of private residences. We would like to remind citizens these items are allowed on private property, and it is against the law to damage or take them. Due to recent problems, we will be assigning extra duty officers to watch for and address these issues. We encourage all to voice their opinions in a matter consistent with the free speech protection of the First Amendment to the Constitution and to keep their conduct within legal bounds and treat everyone with civility. Thank you. Okay, so imagine, 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 (laughs) you know, you're so frustrated uh, with the sign in your neighbor's yard that you wait until the dark of night, you sneak out there, steal it, take it away, and heave it out into the trash dump or something. I can't imagine that. 
because I am still uncertain as to the effectiveness of uh, political signs. But they are nothing new. They are nothing new. If you've been listening to this program for any length of time, you know that just like the TVs here in front of me distract me, uh, so too do historic rabbit holes. If there is a story uh, that somehow gives way to a rabbit hole, a tangential little piece of history, you can bet your bottom dollar that I am going to fall down that rabbit hole, uh, spend uh, much more time than I should uh, in learning about uh, whatever said rabbit hole or wherever said rabbit hole leads me. So this one has to do with the history, the American history of the political yard sign. And it turns out it may date back to, what would you think? If you had to guess, how far back in history do you think yard signs were used here in the United States? Any guess? Any guess? 1824 may be the first uh, usage of a political yard sign, then used by John Quincy Adams. He had signs uh, printed for his presidential run. There's a magazine uh, I stumbled across uh, titled Southeastern Antiquing and Collecting Magazine. Southeastern Antiquing and Collecting. It says, quote, today it's hard to imagine a flying a flag with a portrait of your favorite presidential candidate, but that wasn't always the case. Today, collectors pay premium prices uh, for some of these examples. Uh, they're textiles that have portraits of both the presidential and vice presidential candidates on the flag, the United States flag, along with sometimes a campaign slogan. Uh, the, the the snippet from the article continues, naturally, the most desirable textiles are those produced for the candidates who actually won or went on to have distinguished careers in office. Flags uh, and textiles associated with 1860 and the 1864 election of Abraham Lincoln, for example, are some of the most desirable. A large flag from Link, uh, with Lincoln's portrait from the 1864 campaign sells readily in the mid-five-figure range. All right. That's pretty good. Uh, Now, listen, it doesn't stop there. Oh, no, the rabbit hole goes deeper. It wasn't uh, uh, just the United States which reached back into history to uh, to use uh, political signs. No. In fact, if you go all the way back uh, and if you you know, you, you flip through these types of history books, or maybe you are uh, an archaeologist uh, of some stripe yourself and you have studied Roman graffiti, you will learn something about municipal politics. The simplest notices were only one or two words in Latin, uh, or, or just a name. Uh, this coming from Scientific America did a study on the political signs of uh, ancient Rome. Uh, here's some examples of of political notices that were etched uh, in either walls or, or caves or in other artifacts found. Uh, first one writes, I beg you vote for C. Julius Polybius for a dial. He makes good bread. <laughs> I beg you vote for C. Gavius Rufus for Doomveer. He is useful to the state. Vesonius Primus recommends him. Oh, look at that, an endorsement. <laughs> Another sign reads, I beg you vote for M. Pupius Rufus for Doomveer with judicial authority. He deserves public office. Mustius the Fuller supports him and whitewashes the sole writer without the others members of his guild. Not sure what the uh, last part there, but it feels like another endorsement. That's pretty cool. <laughs> uh, the, the rest 
uh, continue along the same vein, uh, voicing support for a candidate, plus uh, adding some le- level of endorsement from some prominent person, likely. Uh, the Fruit Sellers, last one I'll read you. The Fruit Sellers, incorporated together with Helvius Vestalis, recommend M. Hulkalinus Priscus for Doomveer with judicial authority. So widespread was the practice of public notices that some Romans inscribed uh, hexes on their walls. For example, on a uh, monument, again, this comes from Scientific uh, uh, America, on a monument near Rome, an inscription reads, Inscriber, I beg of you to pass this monument by, saying, please, would you not write your, would you not write your campaign plea on my wall? All right, let's get out of the rabbit hole here. Let's dig ourselves out of this uh, little tangent in which we have found ourselves. And I'll remind you of the question I asked at the onset of the segment, which is, do yard signs have any impact on the decisions you make when it comes time to vote? Does it help at all? Do you have them in your yard? 57500 is the Utah Community Credit Union text line. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, we're going to speak in the next segment to uh, a political expert, Dave Hansen, former Republican Party chairman, also an advisor to Orrin Hatch and Mia Love. I'm going to ask him uh, if, if yard signs are effective. And if not, why do so many candidates spend campaign funds on their printing and distribution? That's the conversation coming up next. The efficacy of yard signs. I want to hear from you as well. Dave Hansen, my guest, ahead on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. Grateful to you for your texts and phone calls thus far. I invite them to continue. 57500 is the Utah Community Credit Union text line. The question I have for you is what do you think about yard signs? Political yard signs. Do you have them in your yard? Do they impact your vote? What do you think when you see them? When you drive by or when you walk through your neighborhood, do they have any impact on the decisions that you make? We're going to get deeper into that conversation with. Uh, a political expert, Dave Hansen, will be my guest. But first, uh, some breaking news. Uh, police say they have arrested a suspect in a shooting that has killed one person, left two in critical condition in Salt Lake City. Uh, the statement coming today from Salt Lake City Police says they are investigating the shooting as a homicide and have taken a, uh, a suspect into custody, a 17-year-old juvenile. That, again, according to police, the incident occurred near Tanner Park at 2535 East Heritage Way around 4 o'clock p.m. yesterday when police arrived on the scene. They said they found three males with gunshot wounds. Uh, Three men were transported to a nearby hospital in critical condition. And as of today, uh, one 25-year-old victim has died uh, from his shooting injuries. We'll continue to follow that story and bring you updates as they are made available to us. Uh, Sorry. Now, uh, continuing our coverage and continuing our conversation, On the question of yard signs here, uh, not only in Utah but across the country, how useful are they? You see them everywhere, and so you you must think that they work. Someone's being motivated to buy them and place them in their yards. Uh, Let's see what the expert has to say. Hey, Dave Hansen, former Republican Party chairman and also advisor to Orrin Hatch and Mia Love, has been around the block and understands uh, the tools used by candidates uh, to get the message out. Mr. Hansen, sir, how are you? I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. All right, all right. Is there is there any value to political yard signs? Uh, there are if you are a um, candidate who is new and doesn't have much name recognition, or a candidate down the ballot uh, helps get your name out. But uh, other than that, uh, I've always felt like uh, 
yard signs, you need two of them. You need one in front of your candidate's house, and you need one in front of your opponent's house. <laughs> there you go. Well, if that's the case, if if the if the benefit is so marginal, why is it that as we drive up and down Utah's roads through the communities, we see yards peppered with them? We see like the chain link that uh, you know lines the the footbridge above the overpasses. Uh, just pepper. why are they so prevalent? Uh, I think it's tradition. Uh, we've always had yard signs, so it's kind of like, well, we must need them. Uh, but uh, I. Nobody ever sits down and says how really valuable are they. Uh, the other thing about yard signs, I think all of these on the chain link fences and on the uh, overpasses and everything else are really not very valuable. A yard sign, if it's in front of a somebody's house, uh, and the house uh, is a place that's uh, well manicured, well taken care of, it shows an endorsement. Uh, there it has some value, but... Uh, but to just throw them up every place, one thing, it keeps volunteers busy. It gives something, uh, somebody calls in and says, I want to help your campaign. Uh, I don't want to give money, but uh, I'll put up a yard sign. Gives them something to do. How much of a, how much of a campaign budget you, would you say is spent on yard signs? Let's, let's, if, if you can, ballpark, let's say I'm running for statewide office uh, and I'm buying yard signs. How much am I spending? Oh, you're probably probably too damn much. Uh, probably twenty thousand dollars. Be honest with you, at least. Uh, some some candidates uh, uh, use them a lot. Uh, last year there was a congressional race in Utah, and uh, the candidate was well known. Did not need any yard signs. Didn't have any yard signs. Opponent had a lot of yard signs. Also well known. Uh, the candidate without the yard signs won. Uh, it is like I say. It's it's tradition that we have them, so people think they must be valuable. But I'm not. I I think all of these yard signs where you're, they're plastered on a corner, uh, people go by towards the election. They don't see the individual yard signs. They they and they tune out uh, that mass of uh, yard signs that are there. You ever you ever have yard signs in your own yard? Have I? Yeah. You, do you remember the first one you I put? Have. You remember the first one you put What's in it? front of a home you owned? <laughs> uh, a home that I I lived in was probably an Orrin Hatch one when the when he first ran for office in 1976. Oh wow! Uh, have there been any changes? I mean, you, we see the the efforts undertaken by politicians uh, change. You know, as technology evolves, as communication evolves. Uh, but I'm not sure if you were listening in that last segment. We looked uh, back in history, and this is a practice that here in the United States at least dates back to uh, 1824 when John Quincy Adams had signs printed for his presidential run. Have you seen any evolution in, like, the font or the color? Is there is, Or is this just a, a timeless tradition? Yeah, tradition is that you have a red, white, and blue, but at the same time, uh, uh, I mean, Mia Love had the uh, uh, the orange signs, which is very effective. I Especially the first time she ran, uh, it kind of builds some uh, some some issue. I, I'll, I'll tell you the most effective yard signs I've ever seen, and and it was when uh, a guy named Morgan Philpott was running against Jim Matheson. Sure, and uh, this was about what 2010, and it was when I, I was state chairman at the time. And the yard signs, all I had on them was. Uh, uh, Matheson equals Pelosi, and they were everywhere. There were thousands of them everywhere. They were effective. 
uh, if you would have looked at that race, uh, uh, the poll numbers dropped. As soon as they started going up, poll numbers for Matheson dropped by the hour. And, uh, and Matheson barely pulled that one out. But, but Pelosi was, was extremely unpopular then. She was unpopular now also, but more so then. But it tied him, and it had a message, and people caught on to it, and they didn't like it. And, uh, and you just about had a guy named Bill Pot win an election, uh, which in a, would be an amazing thing in itself. Uh, but uh, that's right. I for- uh, that was that was effective. I had forgotten about that race, and I had forgotten about that sign. Uh, yeah, imagine imagine the trajectory of, of Utah history over the past decade should. Uh, should that sign have ultimately been uh, effective, and Morgan Philpott would have been representing that district? Fascinating. Uh, well, very good. Uh, that was the most. That was the most effective yard sign I've ever seen. Uh, any any like poor color choices? Is, are there some colors that uh, you know, regardless of uh, you know how far you stray from red, white, and blue, just are not acceptable? There are some shades of green that I think that you might want to stay away from. Uh, <laughs> But other than that, uh, and pink doesn't seem to be a very good color either. But uh, other than that, uh, go with it. Yeah. I think of uh, my former boss, uh, Congressman Rob Bishop, his uh, signs bearing the, uh, I believe he borrows those colors from the Estonian flag. Uh, uh, Very interesting. There's black and purple in there. Uh, Interesting colors. I'd never seen signs like those before. And then you mentioned uh, like the expense uh, and, you know, the potential for statewide office uh, equating to twenty thousand dollars to to pepper the state. Well, it, it can actually be a lot higher than that. I think in his last election, uh, if you looked at it uh, uh, in the primary election, I'm I am sure Huntsman and uh, Cox spent a hell of a lot more than twenty thousand dollars on signs. They probably spent that much every month. Fascinating. Uh, Dave Hanson, listen, thank you for uh, your expertise. Thanks for your insight here. It's always a pleasure to speak with you. Well, I appreciate that. Hey, thanks, Lee. All righty. Uh, we're going to take a break here in a few minutes. And what I want from you, would you mind getting on the line? I want to hear uh, about your relationship and interaction with yard signs. Do you have them in your yard? Uh, do you ever find yourself uh, influenced uh, by by the signs that you see? Or is it uh, as... Uh, Mr. Hansen there mentioned uh, a good and effective way to enhance name recognition. If you are someone whose name is not widely known, uh, quite literally uh, peppering the walls and the yards of your community, uh, is that helpful? Do you find yourself becoming more familiar with a candidate or at least uh, more aware of their name uh, due to the yard signs? Do you have some in your yard? Uh, Do they bug you? Do you think they should go away? And how about this? Uh, If you've had them in your yard... Uh, what happens when the election season is over? Do you repurpose them? Do you uh, reach out to the candidate and say, hey, uh, you want to come pick up your sign? I'll tell you something I've done. Some of those, uh, the real large ones, some of those large ones are, 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 not, uh, are not cheap. And it's the, like it's a plastic cardboard type technology. You know, the real big ones there, if you, after election season, when the snow comes, if you find yourself a good sledding hill and you curl up the end of that, uh, it makes for a, a pretty good improvised sled. <laughs> Have you ever been sledding on a, a political sign? 57500 is the Utah Community Credit Union text line. I also want to hear from you direct. So pick up your phone. Give me a call. 801 575 801 575 
800-848-8255. You and I are going to talk about political yard signs. Do you have them? Do you agree with them? Do they work on you? Are they ineffective litter? You let me know. 801-575-8255. Your call is coming up next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Welcome back to Live Mike, final half hour of today's episode. Earlier today, we were talking about poverty and the poverty which has been inflicted upon some 8 million Americans as the COVID virus has uh, let its impact be felt. Uh, well, I pointed out one of the reasons for uh, that spreading poverty is that so many Americans have come to the end of the road when it comes to their uh, federally uh, supplemented unemployment insurance. Uh, I believe, uh, honestly, that that is the reason why many Americans right now are flirting with poverty, if not already suffering from it. And I define poverty as uh, an inability to provide yourself and your family with food, shelter, and clothing. That is a reality for Americans right now, and it is because of the coronavirus. On that front, uh, I'm pleased to report that uh, Pelosi's office says this is according to Chad Pergram. Uh, You know, I follow Chad Pergram on Twitter pretty religiously. Uh, He is like the master of Congress when it comes to uh, getting little nuggets of news that are happening in the halls of Congress. He reports uh, that according to Pelosi's office, that Speaker Pelosi and Treasury Secretary Mnuchin spoke today for 53 minutes uh, and that uh, the Speaker has said they, quote, continue to narrow their differences and will again talk tomorrow. So hopefully, hopefully uh, that is talks or those are talks that are moving in the direction of some sort of agreement in terms of stimulus. Uh, I am typically one that is going to advocate you and I shouldering our own burdens, uh, but this is much larger than that. And there are children uh, who are suffering and who are hungry and who may not exactly know under which roof they will sleep tonight. And uh, this is one instance where uh, the adults in the room need to step it up. They need to come to an agreement and to get that agreement signed. And they need to get President Trump to sign it as well. Anyway, uh, moving on from that, back to the, the topic of the past half hour. Can you believe that? We've been talking about uh, political, political yard signs uh, for almost a half hour now. I put the request out for some texts and phone calls and so pleased uh, that you have been kind enough to, to reach out. The question very basically is, what is the effectiveness of political yard signs. Why is it that every single election cycle we see uh, yards and overpasses and street corners uh, just peppered with these signs? Are they effective? Have they ever swayed you? Do you feel that as you place them in your yard that you're swaying your neighbor? Let's get into it. Uh, First caller, Tom, calls from Salt Lake City. Tom, what do you think about all these yard signs? Hello, my friend. Uh, Well, I think they can be very effective. So, Uh, my wife and I are registered Republicans, and we kind of saw Trump's campaign as, you know, promises made, promises not kept. And so we uh, jumped over and, you know, we're voting for Biden. So we went out and started with about 20 signs and had people asking me if I had any more. And pretty soon, you know, uh, you know, I went and got more and I went and got more. And I went and got more Then my wife went and got more. We ended up with we've got over 200 Biden signs in the neighborhood. And with that, it was just ahead of the VP debate. And we contacted the Democratic headquarters and said, you know, it might be really cool if you could do like a little video, you know, and uh, you have all the signs that are up and and show it to Kamala and make her feel welcome and a little more confident. And and they said, that's a great idea. And then but 
what they did is they went and gave her a, a tour through our neighborhood. So they drove her through to show her all the signs. And at that time, uh, there wasn't a single Trump sign anywhere to be seen. And we're right near Kingsbury Hall. So uh, they said it made a big difference to her. You know, it, it, it made her feel great to see all those signs. And I, and I think people have been more emboldened and they want to show that, yeah, they're not um, – you know, going to vote for Trump. They're going to vote for Biden. Were you so, knocking on? Were you knocking and, on neighbors' doors, uh, looking to place these two hundred signs, or, or were um, these on street corners? Where, where, where did they I'd all say, find a home? I'd say fifty-fifty. I'd say uh, people would ask, "Where'd you get your sign?" And then their, their neighbor would tell them they got it for me, and so then they'd contact me and said, "Did I have any more?" With you know, and I said, "I'll go get more." Huh. <laughs> so I, that's what happened. Is I just kept, you know, I'd run out and then I'd go get more. I had more people ask me, and I said. You know, and they'd say, well, let us pay for them. I'd no, no, my treat, my treat. You know, I'll, I'll yeah. you know, pay for them. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, if you drive around north of Kingsbury Hall, that's about all you'll see is, is Biden signs. So. All right, Tom. Well, I, I'm grateful to you for the call. Uh, and if you see a sign up there, you know it's uh, it's thanks to Tom. Joey from Farmington uh, has run some campaigns himself. Joey, uh, tell us what you know. Hi. Well, I've run 10 political campaigns in Farmington for this, for city council and mayor. And in every one of the people that I've helped, um, their budget for signage is about 5 to 8% of the overall budget, with the majority of the money going into mailings and flyers, mm-hmm. um, which is where we believe the biggest impact for the, for the buck is. But I believe in a city race, um, signs can be valuable, especially if they're noticeable. Like if I say John Deere Green, what do you think of? Uh, Spencer Cox. Sure, yeah, and yellow, yeah, sure. (laughs) Anyway, um, so I had one candidate for mayor that that chose a unique color, and it was really a standout. Where he didn't, they need name recognition. They don't have name recognition if they don't see the signs out on the streets in the municipalities. They go to the ballot. They don't. They they don't have a recollection of any any of the names, so it can't help in that matter. Mm. Now, for national elections and where there's more possibility of swing votes, votes, I believe it's a little different. Um, I don't think it has the impact that um, one might hope. Uh, but I went on a walk um, yesterday in my neighborhood, and there were signs on three of the yards that were different than the candidate that I was going to vote for. And it, it didn't make me um, change my mind about who I was going to vote for, but it did make me ask the question, I wonder what these people that I know and respect see in the candidate that I did not see. 100%. Yeah, Joe, you you make an incredible point there uh, where we are learning not necessarily uh, who we ought to be voting for. Our minds are likely made up when we encounter uh, the majority of the yard signs that we see, but letting us know who our neighbors are supporting. Maybe neighbors we have known forever never once gotten onto the topic of politics, and now all of a sudden uh, they're supporting the other guy. Uh, fascinating to then consider what led them to that decision. Before uh, we go to break, I want to share with you some of the uh, some of the text messages which have come through. Uh, here's one. It says, Lee, there's a little more to it than name recognition. I think it depends upon whose yard sign uh, it's in. If it's a person you respect, a person you know, a person you trust, a person you look up to, the sign will carry more weight. Yeah, exactly. I, I believe in that point exactly. And that kind of gets back to what uh, Dave Hansen had to say. Uh, here's another one. Gets to that same point, but it is very specific. And you'll recognize this name. It says, yard sign, only if it's in the yard of someone I know and trust. 
My neighbor is Lee Perry. I trust him and therefore am more likely to trust his yard sign. Otherwise, just drive by and ignore him. You know uh, Lee Perry uh, served a long career as a member of the Utah Highway Patrol and the Utah State Legislature. A respectable guy, been a guest on this program a number of times. I can understand that rationale. Uh, here's a little more practical. Uh, let me it lets me know who's running uh, good, uh, who's running for various offices, and then afterwards uh, they they're best used uh, to tape your targets to the backside. You know what? That I, I that's a good point. You know that uh, that very rigid plastic cardboard. If you turn it around, you have a white uh, face. You can tape some uh, targets up there for target practice. If of course you know the of of course if you're not wasting a resource for the candidate, uh, it can be uh, a good a good uh, used item at the target range. All right, we're gonna take a quick break. Uh, when we return, the final segment we're gonna dedicate to walking through uh, the topics which will be discussed at the next and final presidential debate. Just this morning, I got my hands on the topics. There are six of them thus far. We're going to look at what is anticipated to be discussed and debated between the two candidates. Also, we'll take a look at the moderator. Who is she? And is she right for the job? We'll find out next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.